Chad and Jay Mansbridge here, lead pastors of Bayside Church International, based here on the south coast of South Australia. Our great passion as a church is to help people to know Jesus and to demonstrate His love, truth and life in everything that we do. We hope you enjoy today's message. Uh, very good morning. Good morning to those of you joining us. We went a, a little bit longer than our normal 10.30ish uh, broadcast today uh, in worship time. Thank you. Why don't you thank the team for leading us this morning while we're there? Uh, we are quite conscious this morning that a good uh, 20 to 30 percent of our congregation uh, are not seating right now in air conditioning. They're upstairs in a non air conditioned room. And so I uh, want you to put your hands together for a preacher keeping it brief today. What? You just sang God's a miracle worker, if you don't believe that. <laughs> um, I want to continue on something. I, you know, summer's a, a, a time where we don't typically uh, get into preaching series and things like that. We uh, you know, often sort of start that once the new year starts with school and everything in a couple of weeks' time. But, um, but I do just want to pick up on the theme of something that I shared a couple of weeks ago on the first Sunday in, uh, on the year. Uh, about refreshing. I think a 41 degree day is a good day to say that. When I was uh, dedicated at my parents' church when I was a baby, I've shared this before, um, an elderly lady handed my parents a scripture, and we often do this when we dedicate kids here on Father's Day, trust people to pray for that child and give them a, a scripture they feel the Holy Spirit's laying on their heart. And for me, it was uh, a verse that came from Isaiah 58, and it's become a little bit of a life verse for me, okay? And it simply says this, The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and he will strengthen your frame. And you will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. And it's funny, this garden picture is not just a garden that's well-watered, but it's also a spring, so it's actually giving water out to others. Okay, so it's um, God says He gives us the Holy Spirit to drink. It's not just for us; it's the drink that becomes a river flowing out. All right? So uh, it's that beautiful picture there. And then it says this: Your people will rebuild ancient ruins, raise up age-old foundations, and you'll be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. And uh, if you wonder where I get all my alliterations from, it's just because it's in there, in my life verse. It's just full of R's. But, uh, but before it speaks there about rebuilding, raising up, repairing and restoring, it starts with the picture of refreshing. Refreshing. You will be a well-watered garden. And so I, just, again, just want to pick up uh, on that theme today. We spoke about uh, something of what it means to refresh other people. A few weeks ago, we looked at a number of examples in the New Testament speaking about people who refreshed others. And some of them were not very well-known names, all the funny Greek names that we preachers pretend we know how to pronounce, but we really don't. But they're people that refreshed Paul in his ministry. Well, today, I want to speak about how we can stay refreshed. Because it's refreshed people that refresh people. It's healed people that heal people. Uh, it's hurt people that hurt people. It's healed people that heal people. Okay. 
It's often weary people that weary people. It's fresh people that refresh people. And so I want to speak about staying fresh, being fresh, staying a refreshed people, and look at four things and, uh, which I should halve to two today. Should I? No, no, no. Speak faster. Yeah, that's fine. Put me on 1.5 like I do with podcasts. Gee, that annoys my wife. Um, okay, let's go. The first thing is of what, how we stay refreshed or what it is that can refresh us to keep us fresh. And the first point actually just harkens back to where we started a few weeks ago and where we find refreshing in the family of God. Or we find refreshing from the people of God. That's what the whole message was three weeks ago. And so in 2 Corinthians chapter 7... Uh, the concept of, of 2 Corinthians is that Titus has taken a letter from the Apostle Paul to the Corinthian church and Paul's a bit worried about how they're going to receive it. It wasn't particularly a nice letter. Okay? And so Titus has gone all the way to the Corinthians. He's delivered them this letter and Paul's anxiously waiting. I wonder how Titus is going to be treated by those Corinthians. What are they going to do to him? And then Titus comes back and he is refreshed. He's happy. He's joyful. And so Paul writes this in 2 Corinthians 7.13. He says, In addition to our own encouragement, we were delighted to see how happy Titus was because his spirit has been refreshed by all of you. How was Titus refreshed? He was refreshed by other people. He was refreshed by the family of God, both individual people, groups of people, have the power and the potential to bring refreshing to us. If we're going to ask, how do I stay fresh? Well, one of the things we need to look at is, am I spending time with people who refresh me? One of the sources of refreshment for us is the people that God places in our life. And it's a good time of year uh, to consider as we look at uh, maybe auditing our years to choose I guess the company and the people that we spend the most time with, maybe this is one of our considerations. Uh, is Who is it that refreshes me uh, in my life? We see this, in a sense, in Jesus' life where he really did choose who he hung around with. Now, Jesus is the friend of sinners and he spent time with the masses. He spent time with needy people because needy people needed him. And how many of you say, I'm glad he spends time with me? I can't hate him, okay. And I know I can be a bit of a drain to Jesus sometimes. I'm glad he spends time with me anyway. He spent time with the masses, but there's times, as you see, where even after like feeding the 5,000, preaching and teaching to whole groups of people, he gets his 12 mates together and he says, fellas, let's get on the boat and let's get away from these guys. I don't know whether Jesus got peopled out. Maybe you don't have room in your mind to think that, but maybe I do. I think Jesus is more like us and maybe we're more like him than we give ourselves credit for sometimes and where we think, you know what, I just need some space at the moment from certain people. And so we see Jesus do that. He separated himself. He got alone just with his 12. Um, there was times where even with that 12, he was like, no, nah, I just want to spend time with just you three. Peter, James and John, how about you three just come with me to the Transfiguration? How about you three come with me into the garden of Gethsemane. Because right now, all I really need is my three closest mates. And then there's other times you can say where he actually just had one guy that leant on his chest. Jesus possibly here is demonstrating 
the idea of, you know, you can be friendly to everyone. But to truly be friends, I think most of us will understand, friends are few. Uh, there's something about genuine friendship uh, which may only really need a few people um, in our life. Now, talking about being with people that refresh me doesn't mean that we exclude people that need us. That's not the Jesus way. Okay, There are people who are tired and are weary and they are a little draining to be around, but they need us. And, expand, and giving to people enlarges our capacity. The Dead Sea, the River Jordan flows into the Dead Sea, and it's beautiful, actually. There's many beautiful pictures of the Dead Sea, but nothing lives there because it doesn't have an outlet. It receives all the time. Jordan River flows into it. Yeah, gimme, gimme, gimme. I'm, I'm being refreshed, but it has no outlet. And so there's no fish, no frogs, almost no plant life. It's dead. We need to be good receivers and we need to be good givers to keep that refreshing flow coming through. Amen? We recently put up our caravan. We've got a little 13-foot, um, 69, very vintage, no air conditioning bike, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, it's about this big. And uh, first thing you do when you put that thing up, I'm a fresh air freak, okay? I, it's not just enough to open windows on one side. You need to open windows on the other side <laughs> so that that thing flows through, okay? Well, it's the same. We, uh, as we stay fresh, let's be aware of who we're receiving from, okay? And that's not excluding the fact that we're always giving as well. We are a well-watered garden, a spring who never fails, okay? But the first point is this. As we seek to be a people who stay refreshed, Chad, how can I stay fresh? Monitor your intake. No who it is that you are being with and uh, your company of people. God wants you to be refreshed through other people. Yeah. Amen. Second thing we find in the book of Acts, chapter 3, and this is, uh, what's his name, preaching? I love, <laughs> I love the book of Hebrews. It's so theological, and yet there's a passage there where it says, somewhere it is written, blah, blah, blah. It's like... I can't remember exactly where it is, but somewhere it's written. So if you never quite remember where a verse is from, even the Bible doesn't. So Acts chapter 3 says this, Repent therefore and turn back, it's Peter by the way, and turn back that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Times of refreshing come from people. Times of refreshing also come from the presence. From God himself. Um, the word here in presence is translated different ways in English. There's a bit of complexity in this. But it can also be translated the countenance or the face of the Lord. Okay, there's a Hebrew concept, it's an Old Testament thing. Ezekiel brings this up uh, somewhere it is written. In chapter 39, and he says, I will no longer hide my face from my people. Okay, um, Ezekiel was prophesying at a time where God had essentially turned away from his people or turned them away from the promised land. Okay, and, uh, But he said, there's coming a time I'll no longer hide my face for I will pour out my spirit on the people of Israel. So it's associating here the turning of God's face with the pouring out of God's spirit. So the turning of God's face is his, a, way, a Hebrew way of describing God's presence. And so this is what Acts 3 is bringing up. Times of refreshing come as God turns his face 
toward us. And the good thing is in the new covenant, God's face doesn't leave. But so we have a time of, we have access to 24-7 refreshing from the Father's face that is always turned toward us. Refreshing from the presence of God himself. In Corinthians, where it speaks about drinking in the Holy Spirit, I think I might have mentioned that before. Um, often when we think of drinking or being refreshed, in a day like today, many of us are going to go home or maybe outside and we're going to have a cold, refreshing drink. Okay, nothing like it. Awesome. In Corinthians, where it says we've been given the one spirit to drink, Corinthians 12 verse 13, the term there is actually an irrigation term. So it's fine to say, listen, we've been given the spirit to drink. You can imagine the refreshing presence of God like a drink of cold water on a hot day. But the term here is for irrigation. It's like that sun-scorched land that needed a heavy rain and refreshing drink. How many of you gardeners appreciate that? Okay. So this is, it's that thing of, this is why oftentimes in certain circles we talk about soaking in the presence of God. Sort of comes from this idea. It's a biblical idea. Okay. It's an irrigation term of just being present with the presence and saying, Lord, just soak me. I need refreshing. Soak me. And one of the... Th What's your point, Chad? First point is we can get refreshing from other people. Second point is we get refreshing direct from the presence of God himself. To be intentional, to be deliberate, to be active, to engage with God and not just be content with saying God is everywhere because there are different dimensions and densities of God's presence. Use water as an example. When you go out, there is water in the atmosphere right now. Very little. But water, in a sense, is everywhere. You get off the plane and you land in Cairns or Darwin, you'll be going to be sucking in more water. It's just denser there. You have a drink, it's denser. You go down the beach and surround yourself in water, it's still, water is everywhere. But it has different levels of intensity and densities, if you like. And so it's the same with God's presence. God is everywhere. But there's different experiences, different awarenesses of his manifest density or thickness or weight. And that's why in the Old Testament, the, one of the words for God's, the, the full presence of his thickness ugh, is the word kabod, which means weight. It's like God's weight just came, boom. And so when the tabernacle was built, God was so heavy in the place, people couldn't even walk in. It's like an invisible force shield. Uh, force field. They just could not walk in. They couldn't stand to minister. It's almost like they were crawling towards the tent trying to get in, but there was such an invisible weight in the atmosphere. This is something of the how God describes his glory presence. There are different dimensions, different degrees of the presence of God, and one of, our, one of the ways that we can stay fresh in him is to make ourselves aware of his presence and drink in his reign. And so however you do that, we can do that collectively, times of worship. You can do that on your own, obviously, just soaking with God. You can do the thing that sometimes Chad suggested that sounds so, it sounds so lame in some ways. <laughs> but honestly, sometimes I just drive the car. And just like when Jay's next to me, I'll put my hand over and touch her leg. So sometimes when I'm, see, I can say all this when she's not here. Sometimes also when you're driving, 
switch off the podcast at one and a half speed, switch off, switch off your 90s Spotify playlist and just put my hand across and say, Lord, I thank you, you're right here. Just making myself aware of him. All right. There's an old, um, I think he's a monk called Brother Lawrence. Anyone read the book Practicing the Presence of God? And he was just like, dude, listen, there's no difference between sac sacred and secular. Everything's sacred. Washing floors, scrubbing bathrooms, the presence of God is with me right now. Okay, living and just practicing the presence of God. In today's context, why would I do that? Well, there's many reasons to be aware of God. But one is this, refreshing comes from the presence of the Lord. Refreshing comes from the presence of the Lord. I've got so many stories I could tell, but uh, I won't do that. Thirdly, ways that we can stay fresh from the people of God, from the presence of God. The third thing is from the word of God. So Psalm 19 and verse 7 says this. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. God's word is perfect. And one of the things his word does is it refreshes my internal world. How many of you have experienced that at some point in your life? Come on, just Chad. No, three, four, five. Do I have, do I have any more? Okay. I don't want to move, Chad. It's too hot. Now, come on. <laughs> refreshing from the word of God. A word aptly spoken brings refreshing to the soul. That psalm's written by David. He's the same one in Psalm 23 that says, He lies me down beside still waters and restores my soul. It's actually the same word. Okay, restore or refresh. It's the same word there. Psalm 1 puts it this way. Blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of scoffers, but he delights in the law of the Lord. On his law he meditates both day and night. And what does that do for this man? He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season, at least doesn't wither. Uh, in all that he does, he prospers. This is a man, person, who is planted, this undercurrent stream, just constantly refreshing. What is this person doing? Meditating dwelling, thinking about the Word of God. Do I have to do this every year? If you are not reading your Bible intentionally at the moment, please make a plan. Please do something that will get you to be refreshed in the Scriptures, renewing your mind, refreshing your soul as you eat and drink the words of God. Leanne, congratulations. She just did my Bible reading plan and finished reading the whole Bible in the last 12 months. Alex has just done the whole Old Testament. Yeah, this year. That's amazing. If you would like to read through the whole Bible in a year, jump onto my social media, YouTube, follow the plan. I've got tutorials there. Help you read through the Bible all the year. If that's too much of a meal for you to take in at once, pick a book and just read through it this week. Even if it's a small book, read through Ephesians. Just read it. Just read, it. read the darn thing. Just read it and, uh, and see what God does for your soul. Okay? But be intentional about your Bible reading. Some of you this year, you might have to get a new Bible translation because you've had the same Bible for a long time and you need a fresh take on an old word. 
It might be time to go to a Christian bookshop, get yourself a new Bible that brings a fresh take. When I was growing up, my dad had a New American Standard Bible, as everyone did in the 70s. And then in the 90s, he got himself a message, paraphrase from Eugene Peterson. Why? Because it was a fresh take. It was a fresh take on a scripture that he'd become so acquainted with. Maybe this year you need to change your listening diet and listen to some podcasts. We had a thread going on our internal Facebook page this week about podcasts and people encouraging the listen to, to feed your soul the word of God. Whatever it takes for you, why don't you up the ante this year? Be refreshed in your soul by the law of God. Delight in his word and it will refresh your soul. Amen. Get ref- stay refreshed by the community of God, God's people. Stay refreshed from the presence of God. Just God direct himself. Stay refreshed. The scriptures say our soul is refreshed by his word. And the last thing is simply this. We stay refreshed by employing the principles of God. If you want to be refreshed, one of the best things you can do is sow so that you can reap. Give refreshing to other people. Proverbs says this, Proverbs 11.24, Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Like the Dead Sea, receiving and giving. Receiving, no, that's not the Dead Sea, like the Jordan River. Receiving and then giving. Break that outlet. How to stay refreshed? Well, Refresh others. Be generous in the way that you refresh other people. Sow refreshment and you will reap refreshment. Jesus brings the same principle and applies it in Luke 6 when he says, Do not judge and you won't be judged. Don't condemn, you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Well, could we even say there, refresh and you'll be refreshed? Refresh and you'll be refreshed with the measure you use, it will be given to you. Paul said this in Corinthians chapter, uh, 2 Corinthians 9. Remember, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. He's speaking specifically in that context about money, but I'm sure you can apply that. This is a principle that goes beyond that. For as long as earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest. So if we want to be a people that are refreshed, well, sow what you want to reap. So refreshing to get refreshing. This year, we'll be presented with many opportunities to refresh other people. Today's one of them. That's why Alex says, whenever he comes to church on a Sunday, or he just takes this attitude in life, where he says, wherever I go, I'm like, I'm going to make somebody's day better today. He also will kick you out if you stay too long after church. <laughs> But what an attitude you can go into your workplace with. Who can I refresh today? I know who I want to refresh this week. Someone called Maria and someone with PP as their initials. But going in with that attitude of, actually, I'm going to sow refreshing into someone today. Maybe today, on a 41-degree northerly day, is the best day to remind ourselves of that. It's the best day because you're going to walk back home. Some of you put the aircon on before you left home. And you're going to realise, oh, that's what a refreshing is like. Imagine you doing that for other people. Coming into an environment, wherever you are, that it's like, ah, it was refreshing just to be with you. I want to be that kind of person. 
I want to be a person that gives a refreshing to others. And maybe that's part of your New Year's resolution this year as well. My friends, stay fresh. I need you to be fresh so that you can refresh other people. Sow it. Get into the Word. Spend time alone with God. Receive from Him because He'll do stuff for me. He will do stuff for you. No one else can. And watch who you're hanging with. Make sure your diet of company uh, are people where there's a good balance of people who refresh you. And uh, you're investing and prioritising those relationships this year. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. I hope you've enjoyed today's message. Remember to check us out at baysidechurch.org.au. And of course, if you're ever in the area, please pop in and say good day.